0: Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my God. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh-uh.
1: Oh. Shot, shot three. Shot three.
0: See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. It was gonna... a little rough. Don't you do it.
1: My mouth is watering. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. <laughs> Welcome to Three Shots In. I'm Jake.
0: I'm Jess, and this is episode 32, and it's about alarms.
1: Alarms. Like like those little bitches that wake me up in the morning?
0: Mm-hmm. Those.
1: Or like, like a car alarm?
0: Maybe. How about just just things that are exceptionally alarming? Like what? Just alarming things.
1: Like being really into My Little Pony, but also being a 30 plus year old man. That,
0: that's fairly alarming, yes. That is,
1: that is fairly, okay, I'm mm-hmm. on. Something like on, that. Yeah, we're on the same, mm-hmm. same wavelength right for now. For sure. Um, well, welcome everybody, thank you for joining. We have a couple of people who are more welcome than others. Everyone is welcome, but there are a few that get the red carpet for them. And those are our beautiful, wonderful patrons.
0: They are beautiful and wonderful, extremely attractive patrons. And those patrons are mom and dad, Danny and Terry, Sam, TJ, Ricky, Jeremy, Abria, David, and Thomas. Thank you guys so
1: much. We wouldn't be here without you. We love you so much. If I could give you, I would do
0: it. Nope, nope. I I'm not on board with any of that. So yes. we took some shots of eighteen hundred something something tequila.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was very fancy. Eighteen hundred Cristalino on
0: Crystal- Yeho. Añejo tequila. Tequila.
1: Yes. So most of the time, Añejo tequila is very dark. Um, Reposado is like that light golden tequila. Mm -hmm. Añejo is usually like a very dark brown.
0: What's the silver tequila called? Silver. No, but there's another word for it. A Spanish word, I thought. Silver. That's not Spanish.
1: Patron, silver, El silver.
0: So then the answer is no, there isn't a Spanish word for silver tequila.
1: It is called silver
0: There's only English words for that. Silver
1: is universal, just like the word gold is universal.
0: I don't think you're right.
1: We all say the same thing.
0: No, I don't think that's true.
1: No, that's correct.
0: I mm, don't know. Just
1: like everyone in the world knows that America is the best.
0: Everybody knows that? Uh,
1: This is a universal fact.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, we are starting something new on this podcast. If you have corrections to make about the information we share, we do welcome them. That's true,
1: but I do require at least two um, scientific articles. Backing your...
0: I don't require that. You can send me all your corrections and we'll read them into the episode right after that so that no one's confused and everyone knows who's wrong, whether it's me or Jake, you know. It's probably Jess. We'll see.
1: Anyway, this Añejo tequila, which is normally very dark brown, was absolutely clear. It was silver, Yes, right? Super see-through tequila. And it smelled terrible. And it burned like vodka. Yes. But it tasted like like South America made their own gin.
0: Yeah, kinda.
1: And yeah. I I thought it was great.
0: It was very, very smooth. And the uh, buzz afterwards was very- Very nice. Very nice, yeah. yeah. Not not too much and not weak, that's for sure. Right,
1: right. And it's kind of pricey, you know, comes in a box, comes in a fancy bottle. So if you're at home and you got an extra, I don't know, not, not too not too pricey, if you've got an extra 60 to $100 to spend, go ahead and buy one of these because they're delicious. Uh, if tasty, you don't have yeah. that money, then don't do that. No. Just go buy yourself a big jug of Popov.
0: And, and there that's definitely nothing to cry about. Yeah. Popov is fantastic.
1: So for drinks next, we made some more um, Dr. Whiskers tonight.
0: Dr. Whiskers. I'm finding that the taste is very similar to maple syrup for me.
1: Yes, I did get that this time.
0: It's very sweet, but so is maple syrup. And I really like the taste of maple syrup. So. It's not bad.
1: Not a bad cocktail. Yeah. Thought it was pretty good. I finished mine. So now I'm drinking the the ranch water that no one wants.
0: The spicy kind.
1: Yeah, the spicy kind. Yeah. With lime juice and jalapeno flavors.
0: Mm-hmm. You got some jalapenos in there?
1: Yeah, there's some jalapenos um, flavors, at mm-hmm. least in my mouth. Right. Right now, as we're, as we're talking, actually.
0: You got some jalapenos burning. It got a little sizzle on your tongue from the jalapenos. <laughs> Ew, don't gargle it.
1: That was just gargling the jalapenos. <laughs> oh, it kind of burnt my throat a little bit. Fun, okay. fa- fun fact oh wow um now it is time for some updates
0: okay I'll go first okay dad's in town steps toward property ownership homeschooling our kids
1: so a lot of that sounds like it's been on the podcast before
0: it, no only one of them has
1: the property thing-hmm dad was in town the last time we recorded just yeah okay, well
0: we didn't update it
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure you did, actually. I don't think I did. I think you did. I didn't. Well, maybe you did.
0: I really don't think so.
1: Anywho's it. It's
0: my update.
1: Okay, fine. Update me then.
0: Dad's in town. What? <laughs> um, yeah, our father has moved in town and may be residing here for the foreseeable future, TBD. Very excited to have him here. And hopefully we can get him on the podcast at some point. Very here. soon. Hopefully. Very soon, yeah. After that, more steps have been taken toward owning a property. Okay. And we remain excited about it. Sure. Although ownership has not been had just yet.
1: Right. I could tell because we're still in, in this house with our studio. There's
0: nothing wrong with this house.
1: There's nothing wrong with it, but you don't own it. I noticed that.
0: Doesn't matter. Doesn't, there's nothing wrong with us not owning it.
1: I didn't see your name on the side of the house. I didn't write it. Because it's not yours.
0: I Even if it was, I wouldn't put if my you, name if on it. If you wrote
1: it. your name on the side of the house, that'd be vandalism right now.
0: But I wouldn't. Even but if you if owned I, it,
1: if you owned it, and you put your name on the side of the house.
0: Even if I did name. own it, I wouldn't write my name on any house.
1: That's just stupid.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> after that, homeschooling our kids. Yeah. Why? Um. Well, because we love them, want the best education for them, and public school sucks. We thought it was just California, and it was. Uh, listen, if you have a child in California public school, then no offense but like get them out now. I'm sure it's fine for you. It just was not for us. And so we'd always thought about homeschooling. It just, we were under the impression it would, the time requirement would be a lot, you know, per day throughout the week. And Terry and I both work. So that's not going to happen. You know, I can't teach my child school lessons from eight in the morning until three, like a standard public school would. Right. Just about. Um, but it turns out we found a program that will work well with us, much more flexible than we anticipated, much less time than we anticipated, and encouraging the kids toward being really independent and following through on things on their own eventually. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about it.
1: All right. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope your kids still maintain social skills. There's nothing like those homeschool kids who don't know how to have oh, a conversation. You, they're going to
0: be those like... Those awkward ones that yeah. like tuck their shirts into their khakis.
1: Mm-hmm. They part their hair down the middle. Mm-hmm. They talk about goldfish. They know a lot of facts about goldfish. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I. They. hopefully they won't be that way. I mean, we're not that way.
1: That's true. So hopefully they don't. All right. So for me, mm-hmm. my update. Yes. Convinced Danny into small town living. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed gallon of margarita. Wow. Yeah. So first part, small town here in Texas that I've been trying to get Danny to look at. The houses are much better and far cheaper and it's really not that far out of town.
0: You guys want to own property as well. Yes,
1: and I want to own stuff. So convinced her to finally look into it and she was like, oh my God, it's so much better. Like you were so right all the time and we should totally like really think about it.
0: Whoa, she said it just like that?
1: That was verbatim actually. Whoa. Yeah, Um, so that's exciting. We'll genuinely look into it starting like January. Mm Mm-hmm. And then hopefully have a place like put an offer down like March. So dope. We'll see. That's exciting. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then the gallon of margarita. So Fuzzy's Tacos has margaritas, and I wanted one, but one margarita to go was like after taxes like eleven dollars.
2: Hmm.
1: Or you can buy a gallon of margarita for thirty (laughs) dollars. Okay. Uh, And your boy got fucked up at the pool with his gallon of margarita. Right. It was delicious.
0: With boss man James was, there. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: They dabbled in the margarita. I didn't have the whole gallon myself, uh-huh. but I probably had like three quarters of it. Wow. Yeah. Um. And uh, it was mango. So.
0: Whoa. Mango. Mango margarita. A mango marg. Yep. That's nice.
1: Yeah. That sounds so, real good. That's what I did on. Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got fucked up. Actually, I got really drunk like every day for like 15 days.
0: Uh, That doesn't sound so great.
1: Dude, it took a fucking toll. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like when I wasn't drinking, I just felt like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, yesterday, Thursday, right? D- finally didn't have plans and was like, oh, my God, I just need to chill. Took like a two and a half hour nap, then ate dinner, watched like an episode of a show and then went straight back to sleep, slept through my alarm in the morning. And I feel fantastic today. So,
0: well, that's great. Now we know
1: 15 days on one day off.
0: Mm. I didn't think that was the lesson learned. I thought maybe it was just don't drink for 15 days straight. I thought maybe that was what you learned, but I guess not. I didn't learn that. Okay.
1: Maybe someone else would learn that, but no, I learned 15 days on is my limit.
0: Okay. Actually,
1: I didn't really think it was the limit. You know, I feel like I could push that further. So
0: great. Well, okay.
1: Today's day one. Just got to keep going.
0: Uh, cool. <laughs> 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 well, okay. How about uh, you spin the wheel?
1: I will. I will spin it. Jess. Yeah. If you could trade butts with anyone, who would it be?
0: Ooh, trade butts.
1: You can trade your butt. So that means you get their butt and they get your butt.
0: Well, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the midst of a dilemma because I'm married to Terry. Okay. And the butt I would want to have is my own butt. Would be his sister's butt. Mm. She's got a really nice butt.
1: She has a nice butt.
0: It's a really nice big butt. I like it a lot. I wish my butt looked like her butt. But uh, (laughs) I love my husband and would never psychologically do that to him. So now I must choose someone else. I choose Doja Cat's butt.
3: Ooh, okay. I will take her butt
0: from her and And she can have my not so great butt.
1: She's going to take your butt.
0: My much less impressive butt. She can afford
1: to make your butt. On her body looked like her butt used to look. That is now on your body. That's true. So that's fine.
0: She that's true. She could convert it. She could renovate that butt. Yeah. Into a much nicer butt. I I have much less time and money to devote to my butt. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna take hers.
1: Okay, that's fair. Um, I'm taking Terry's sister's butt. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm gonna trade butts with uh, Terry's sister.
0: So that you have a nice, a really nice big butt.
1: Perfect big butt. A
0: perfect butt, just like hers.
1: Yep. It's going to be just bouncing with my every step, you know? And she can have my like, I mean, technically I have a butt, right? Because everyone has a butt.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But do I, you know?
0: She'll have your your flat kind of hairy butt.
1: Yeah. It's just going to go like calf, thigh,
0: back, (laughs) neck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So sucks to suck for her.
0: Man, sorry, Terry's sister.
1: Sorry, Terry's sister, but your butt's mine now.
0: (laughs) Why, it's what you get for having such a nice butt. Everyone covets that butt. Covets? (laughs) (laughs) They want that butt for themselves.
1: God, okay.
0: That was weirdly easy to answer.
1: Well, I see, want to know what's hilarious? My immediate thought, my very first thought was Doja Cat. And I was like, oh, I'll just say Doge catch She's oh, got a really I, nice and butt. And then I took it. And then you took it, so I took your original thought.
0: Well, you could also not take a woman's butt. You could take, like, literally any baseball player's butt.
1: Why would I want that? Because their asses are huge. No, because they have muscly butts.
0: You don't want a muscular ass?
1: If I have a muscular ass and a non-muscular everything else, <laughs> that's gay. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a fat body and a fat butt, that's just genetics, you know? Okay. So... All right. That's my logic. I understand. Thank you. Jeez.
0: Well, we can move on. I'm going first this time. You are. Sharing my discoveries, my various alarm, alarming discoveries.
1: How alarming are we talking? I need you to compare it to the bronies, because bronies are alarming. Um, the fact that they have a name is pretty alarming.
0: I'm not introducing something that is alarming. It's something everyone knows is alarming, but they didn't know why it was, I don't think. I think rarely do people talk about this kind of alarming thing. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to take you on a little journey. Okay. The internet journey I went on. So I went on to my DuckDuckGo. Nice. And I typed in alarmingly haunting, and I just wanted to see what would pop up. I just started, that's kind of my, what I do. Sure. All You know, when I begin my notes, I'll just start typing in adjectives and see what pops up. And uh, I found on factstory.org 10 haunting real life facts you've probably never heard before. And I was like, "Mm, I doubt that. Well, they were right. I hadn't hadn't heard. I had not heard most of these facts. Okay. so I did hear some of them. The first one was just that, like, sharks have been around for a really long time. Sure. Like, since prehistoric ages.
1: Right. Like, they had the megalodon.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: We all saw the Meg, the documentary with Jason Statham.
0: That's true. That's true. Very realistic, by the way. Mm hmm. And uh, the very second fact I found, I'll get back to because it's what leads me to my next segment.
1: Okay, so we're going to skip that one.
0: We'll skip over it. The one after that was boring. The next one, number four, was about how uh, the majority of Egyptian money mummies were actually powdered and eaten by people. Remember I brought that up in a previous episode?
1: Oh, God. I must have been too drunk to remember that. Yeah. Because that's gross.
0: Yeah. It was like a diet thing. They believed that it was like a miracle cure. Like powdered? Yeah. Like powdered sugar? Yeah.
1: Like they ate them like they were like grocery store. They like
0: sprinkled them on top of like Triscuits or biscuits or whatever it is. Like gas station donuts? Whatever it is the Europeans eat. Yeah. After that, it said uh, there was another fact that women, if they're murdered inside their own house, it's for sure someone they know. Almost for sure.
1: I mean, that makes a lot of sense, actually.
0: Except that usually when men are murdered, it's a stranger or an acquaintance in a public place. So women usually are murdered inside their own homes.
1: OK, so if you're a woman listening to this podcast and you're in your own, you're in your own home right now, yeah. odds are that's where you'll be murdered if you are going to be murdered. If
0: you're going to be murdered. Yeah. If you're a lady in your house right now, this may be where you die.
1: Yeah. Go outside. You know, go on a walk. <laughs> go on a walk. Listen to the podcast.
0: Sure, sure, but if you're a guy, maybe stay inside.
1: Stay inside, yeah. No, you go in that bathroom and close the door. Right. You take a shit during our podcast. Don't
0: ever leave. Mm -hmm. Then there was some like, it kind of like devolved into some kind of environmental stuff that was much less interesting. I ignored that and I focused on the second fact that was much more interesting, the one that led me into my next step. Okay. If a biological trait is common in almost every human then it evolved for a reason. Okay. Almost everybody has the same response to what's called the uncanny valley or in other words, we're made uncomfortable by things that look almost human but not quite. This implies that humans once had a reason to fear something that looked human but isn't.
1: Mm, like skinwalkers and shit.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I was intrigued by this
1: yes of course and i have heard this before
0: it encouraged my search and so i looked up uncanny valley um so the uncanny, uncanny valley uh someone at some point i believe a scientist by the name of masahiro mori made this chart okay and it's supposed to show how people react to how people react to things that look human you know you can put humanoid features for example on like a doll Or a teddy bear. Right. Or things like that. And for most of it, for most things that have human esque faces, we have this response that's like positive and like affectionate, like good feelings. Right. And that just kind of increases until it gets to this one point where it takes this crazy dive. And that's the uncanny valley. So if something looks too human, but not enough human. All of that positivity is fucking gone. It's out the window, and our response almost innately is repulsion.
1: Okay, like a like a the the witch lady from The Conjuring. Yeah. How she looks human, but her face is like kind of like fucked and demonic. Mm-hmm. And that makes you scared of her and right. just grossed out.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it said uh, a lot of recent examples have been like like robotics and like 3D sort of like computer animations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Life-like dolls, things like that, just gives people the heebie-jeebies.
1: Like when a video game doesn't like make the the faces work that well, and they're just like constantly smiling no matter what.
0: Sure. Also, like this uh, one game, I don't know if you remember it, Andromeda,
3: oh, Mass yeah. Effect
0: Andromeda. Mm-hmm. It did faces very poorly. Yep. The expressions were not re- were the faces were realistic and the movements were realistic, but there was something so off about the way that they looked.
1: Everyone had dead eyes.
0: Everyone was repulsed Yeah, by what they saw. Anyway, that's the uncanny valley.
1: That's interesting. When
0: you have that response to something and people aren't sure what that response is about. For example, I'll show you a quick picture of an android. Okay. People fucking hate this picture. Why? Uncanny valley. I don't know. It looks like, you know, your standard Japanese woman.
3: But a
1: robot.
0: But a robot. She has a colorless face and man hands, and I think that that's why. <laughs> <Man> hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the theory for where this comes from, why people would see this, because the uncanny valley, it's called uncanny, because uncanny to us now kind of means like, oh, you know, that's that's kind of funny.
1: Like the X-Men.
0: Uncanny? Yeah. How are, how are the X-Men uncanny? So
1: that's what they're called, the uncanny X-Men. Are they? hmm
0: I didn't know that. Well, anyway, I I always figured that word kind of meant, you know, oh, that's kind of funny. You know, that's interesting. But it used to mean.
1: That means like abnormal.
0: That's what it used. It used to mean something like unexplainably weird. Okay. I guess. So either way, working up to the valley, the response is positive. Then it takes this insane, unexplainable dive to negativity and like absolute repulsion and then immediately jumps back up even higher in the like affection scale and that's Hmm. why it's so strange and unexplainable but there are some theories and some of those are uh, mate selection that there's something subconscious something more innate to us that when we see something we have an automatic sort of like visually driven reaction where we appraise the person we see and I don't know in some kind of animalistic way evaluate them as to whether or not they are well enough to have babies with. And if they look sick, they are not well enough. Mm -hmm. They think it could have something to do with that. That's theory number one. Ew.
1: (laughs) You can't have babies. You're not
0: fuckable.
1: Gross.
0: (laughs) Your fertility is low.
1: Jeez. I don't want to go anywhere near your uncanny valley.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. That. I don't think it's that, by the way. Sure. Sure. I don't think anyone's looking at an android and thinking, mm, I can't have babies with I that. wouldn't fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, because it's with a lot of things. And I'm sure you can imagine over the course of your life seeing something, for example, pretending to be a dog, but it's not. Like those... Um, what are those robots that were made with the backwards legs that run really fast?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like the cyber dogs or whatever the fuck.
0: Right. You see those and you're like, eh.
1: Yeah.
0: There's something... That kind of like grosses you out about the way that they look because they look like one thing, but not enough like it.
1: Or like, like how Hollywood makes demons to look in in movies. Mm-hmm. Like their like faces are always like too long or something.
0: Right. They distort their faces in like a strange way. Yeah. Something like that. So I I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's not it. I don't. Okay. Think. The next one is that there's something about seeing like a dead-eyed robot that looks kind of human that subconsciously makes us think about death and that that's the reason we don't like we're repulsed by the sight of them that kind of thing Cause they look dead because they look dead okay so someone was saying like especially if you could imagine like an android you walk into a factory where they're building them and all the pieces are in different places you know like there's a table covered in arms sure and like boxes full of Android heads and stuff like that. And that it just freaks you out because they look like body parts. Maybe, but that's not typical. If you see a robot that looks like a human, you're seeing the whole thing. Not, not, a, you're not seeing it in pieces.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, maybe don't take that job. Cause that's the only place you would see it. Right.
0: <laughs> right. But then there's also the, an example that was listed was, and I don't remember her name now, but there's that one robot that's supposed to be, the more advanced artificial intelligence we have on the planet. Oh,
1: it's that white bitch? Yeah, But she doesn't have hair sometimes? She doesn't
0: have, like, the back of her skull is just machinery. Yeah. That kind of thing. And this next theory is that you look at something like that and it just makes you think of death, like seeing a corpse. Because it's it's too pale, the eyes have no life, and then you're seeing the inside of it. No, right no, man. Way. If
1: a corpse is having a conversation with me, I got other the things that I'm worrying about, you know?
0: <laughs> sure. But that is one of the theories, and it, they're talking about on more of a psychological level, maybe it makes you think of that, and that's why there's this kind of like gut response of being disgusted by it. Okay. I just don't think so either. Next was, I mean, a lot of these are different versions of the same thing. So the next says like pathogen avoidance, that there's something about them that looks reminiscent of like sick people. And so your body's instinct is to distance yourself from it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's too pale. The proportions are off. It doesn't have the right kind of hair. And, like, that something about that just makes your internal whatever, your instinct. Mm -hmm. Like, ew, that's something I should be far away from. Dangerous for me. That type of thing. Okay. Uh, The next couple are basically the same thing, and that's that seeing androids becoming more and more realistic-looking androids and, like computer animated things like, uh, motion capture, motion capture technology, that kind of thing that seeing that makes us feel less special that now there isn't anything special about us, that the definition of what a human is, is now blurred somehow because something very similar looking and behaving has been created by us. So now, I don't know, I guess that like has thrown people, they believe into some kind of subconscious existential Look, crisis you keep
1: saying like these are the theories and blah, blah, blah. These people sound fucking lame. What the fuck?
0: Why I, am I? Wh- it, oh, it's, I understand. Oh,
1: Planet of the apes looked far too real.
0: It, right. It well, It's a lot of, it seems like grasping at straws to me. Yes. I, I don't really think that's it, but I'm also not a scientist. So I don't want to, I don't want to like swing my dick around when I have right. literally no scientific education to back that up.
1: It sounds like it's one of those like Neanderthal traits. Sure. Because like, you know, like there's like the Neanderthal trait of fear of heights is you can literally attract, track the fear of heights to your genetics. Right. Because some long ass time ago, one of your ancient ass ancestors fell fell off off a a cliff cliff. and everyone else was like, oh shit. Oh fuck. (laughs) That was like totally not dope, dude. (laughs) We should all fear that shit. And now you do. (laughs) That's what it sounds like.
0: Uh, yeah, that would make I, the
1: most sense. Which would mean that we had some nasty ass, fucking shape shifting. I want to be a human to lure you into my trap, motherfuckers on this earth.
0: Sure, and there's a lot more about that, but it just it doesn't get less scientific. And it wasn't super interesting to read. It was interesting from a scientific mindset. I don't know how well that would translate here, though. I skipped over that. That's the gist of the the theories behind why this is happening. I thought the one that was most interesting was the theory that maybe that response is there because there used to be a thing, something, you know, because, I mean, people have their theories about, like, aliens or creatures of some kind walking yeah. around like, you know, cryptids or, I mean, whatever, skinwalkers, you had said. Mm-hmm. Things that tried to look human but were not, you know, and there, there's a whole... I mean, that's a deep dive. We could spend an entire episode on.
1: I've watched a lot of cringy ass politicians who you see them do like a video or something and you're like, (laughs) that is not a human.
0: Ew. I mean, look (laughs) at our very first episode. (laughs) Yeah. Talking about a certain politician doing a certain thing and it just not being right.
1: Didn't, it was off. It
0: was very, very,
1: very off.
0: Very unnatural. So I liked that first theory that maybe there's a chance that somewhere in our history, there existed a thing that fell into that valley. Okay. And that's why everything that isn't inside that very narrow valley is accepted and gets a positive response. But for some reason, that one category, whatever falls in that, the reaction is so negative, so like opposite. I thought that was cool.
1: Like like a vampire. hmm Right? That would fall in the category. It's human, but then it's not.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. If you read the, the book
1: Or like a zombie.
0: Sure. There's just something off. Or and like, something sick. Like Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like that. It brought up uh in like Jewish I don't know if it's in the Torah or anything, but at least in like the Jewish religion there's like a story that's told about like a golem created by somebody. That okay. it's just it ends up ending badly similar to like Frankenstein's monster type thing Huh. so anyway I went looking for stories about things that weren't quite human that really creep people out okay and I found a creepypasta
3: ooh okay
0: so I'm gonna read it read it I will do it it's called uh, Anansi's Goatman story
1: Goatman? yeah that's gross it's not really about I already don't like it
0: there aren't goats in it
1: what? He's just, he's just bucking. I guess we'll see. Just a, do
0: you just think a man. Just goats don't buck. Bucking. No, you don't buck with your head. How do you buck? You buck with your back.
1: What do you call it when like goats like slam into each other? Like head wise, they buck. They're they, bucking. No,
0: they're head butting. Ram no, they're, it. they're ramming.
1: They're raw bucking. Nope. Yep.
0: No, I don't think that's.
1: You don't buck you know me, what? I buck you.
0: We're g- <laughs> we'll move right past it. If you guys want to correct that, you <laughs> go ahead and do that. <laughs> At first fan mail at threeshotsin.com and we'll read that into the next episode but anyway, here we go so I'm 16 I have family down in Alabama, they have a farm and they own a huge amount of land down in Huntsville, my uncle owns a pretty big house and a whole bunch of trailers that they just put out in the woods and that's what they use for hunting and camping my down south cousins suggest that we go out there to camp, one, one summer while I'm visiting anyway, sounds like fun I'm a city kid, I'm from Chicago, so they tease the fuck out of me, it's just how it goes. We collect some food, they kill a pig and some chickens, and we bring the necessities out to camp for a few days. When we get to the camp, it's obvious that something's weird. The air has this weird electric sort of smell, like right before a storm starts, like ozone. Okay. We don't really think anything of it, we just unpack, we go down to this little creek for a swim for a few hours, At some point, this older white guy and a white teenager come out of the bushes. The guy has a shotgun in the crook of his arm. He says hello, asks us what we're doing this far back in the woods. I tell him about my uncle, who he knows, and we tell them that we're just out there camping. He tells us we need to be real careful out here and stick together because there's some kind of big animal in the woods. So his son, who's my age, asks if he can stay and hang out with us. There was a bunch of us out there camping. He says, okay. We ended up playing football. We, my cousins end up like dicking around with me uh, and there's the white kid whose name is Tanner and five of my cousins and then like four of their friends. So in total, we have five girls and six boys and we're all around the age of like 15 to 17.
1: This, this just sounds like illegal sexual activities are about (laughs) to happen in the woods.
0: We'll see. Anyway, we ended up just dicking the day away. Dicking? That's what he said.
1: Okay. I'm
0: not going to change the story. Sure. We head back to camp we pull out some stuff for a campfire even though the trailers both had kitchenettes we still wanted to get the whole like camping sort of experience yeah tanner says that his family's property sits up against my uncle's and he wants to run home and ask his dad if he can come out camping with us like stay for our entire trip my cousin rooster says that he's going to go with him since it's getting dark soon and his uh father had mentioned there being like an animal out one of the girls also wants to tag along it's about seven o'clock now it's starting to get pretty dark So they take flashlights and they take the the trail up toward Tanner's property. The rest of us just chill. We make some s'mores. We drink. Some of us kiss on the girls. Oh. So 30 or 40 minutes later, there's that smell of ozone again. You could smell it over the smell of the fire that we'd started. It's this really nasty, coppery smell. Like right after you've had a nosebleed. Huh. And then it stopped. It wasn't exactly like dried blood. It was that nasty sort of metallic like back of your throat smell. Mm-hmm. We dim- we immediately think that it's some kind of electrical malfunction and someone, like someone left a hot plate maybe. So we search the trailers to see if anything's burning. Nothing's even on, but we can, still, we can all still smell it. And then we can hear people booking it down the path toward us. And it's Rooster and Tanner and the girl. They all come running down into the clearing that we're sitting in and they're out of breath. And they don't even break stride. They all run into the trailer. They don't say a word. They sprint past the fire, straight into the trailer.
1: Oh my ass is in that trailer. So
0: we all get the <laughs> we get the fuck out of there. We all run straight into the trailers oh, after hell them. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you know, we shut the door, they calm down. Rooster is crying. He's crying his fucking eyes out at this point. All the while the fire is guttering lower and lower outside. So my other cousins say, fuck it. They're about to go outside to get the generator out of the shed between the trailers. Tanner goes, fuck no, lock the door, ain't nobody else going outside. He's been crying too, his eyes are bloodshot, they're puffy, his pants are dirty as shit. He goes on to tell us that they went to his house. His father said sure, he could go out camping, but to make sure that they were careful on the way back, and that maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles just in case. Evidently, Tanner had seen something in their yard a few days before. One of their pigs had come up, like ripped up and eaten in half, or half eaten or something like that. Okay. They assumed it was just big cats or or coyotes or, you know, something. Even though those don't usually fuck with their live animals, they kind of pick off smaller things or things that have already died.
1: Also, I don't see them leaving half of a good corpse there.
0: Yeah. So he'd gone upstairs, packed his stuff, and he told his dad that they'd be okay without the rifle because coyotes typically avoid people. He wasn't concerned. They started walking back toward where where we were camping. So Rooster finally stops crying and shaking, The girl had already calmed down, but she was just staring out the window with this dumb look on her face. He says they'd gotten halfway into the woods toward the camp when they started to hear shit in the forest. It was almost pitch black by this time, so they weren't sure at first what the fuck it was. The girl says that she heard something in the bushes right off the trail, so they beam their lights over there, and there was someone standing back in the woods in a little hollow. Rooster said they shouted at him and told him that he was scaring the fuck out of them and called him a dick and stuff like that, tried to get him to come out. He says that's when he realized that the guy was facing away from them and not turning around. Mm. So they just kept walking.
1: (laughs) Just kept walking? They
0: just left him there. He wasn't responding. No one wanted to approach him. So they just left. That's when they start smelling the nasty, coppery, sort of like ozone smell. They say that they look off into the forest on the opposite side and there's another dude standing in the forest. Backwards. A little closer to the path than the other guy. Now they start power walking. And Tanner keeps going, I should have taken the fucking rifle. <laughs> Hell yeah, I would put yeah. a
1: bullet in that man. Jesus.
0: As they're telling the story, the smell is still super strong even inside the cabin. They say that after they start walking a little faster, there's this kind of low gibbering that had started coming from both sides of the woods. Nope. They begin booking it back to the trailer. Mm-hmm. The girl said she'd flashed her flashlight out the woods to see what was going on off to the side and she'd seen something like she said jerking itself through the t- through the trees. I don't really know what that meant. The gibbering just got louder and louder apparently and then they could see the light of our campfire. Something had come out of the woods about 40 yards behind them onto the track and they had just flat out sprinted as hard as they could toward the trailer. That's when we followed them in. So we're out in the fucking woods and we're assuming maybe it's some rednecks just trying to fuck with us scare us yeah, we're a I mean, bunch of, maybe, we're, maybe
1: some dudes dabbled with some peyote <laughs> and they think that they're like fucking werewolves now
0: we're a bunch of teens yeah you know it would have been we were easy prey for that kind of thing suddenly my other cousin junior starts going on about how he went to school with a native kid who was telling him about the goat man or some shit we promptly tell him to shut up because we don't need any of that spooky talk right now everybody's <laughs> thoroughly creeped out yeah He keeps going on and on about how it's the fucking goat man and how we're in his woods, blah, blah, blah. Now, at the time, I'd never heard of this goat man or anything like that. But then a couple of years ago, the year before I graduated from college, I had a uh, menom, menom. I'd never heard this before, so I don't know what he meant. Capital M. E. N. O. M. Menom. Menom. I think it's a kind of religion. I'm not sure.
1: Like like Mennonite? Maybe. Huh.
0: I had a menem for a roommate, and I ended up asking him about it. To sum it up, it's basically a man with the head of a goat who can shapeshift, and he gets among groups of people to terrorize them. It's also supposed to be kind of like the wendigo. It's bad mojo to even talk about it, and even worse if you see it, according to lore. Keep in mind, I didn't know this back when I was 16. I ended up hearing all of this from my from that roommate later on in college. So my cousin's going, the goat man's going to get in and fucking get us. The girls are all terrified. And my cousins and I are all fucking trying to figure out if it's just some hillbillies or if it's an animal, then the smell goes away out of nowhere. Like to this day, I haven't even experienced anything like that. Usually smells fade over time or lessen gradually. It was literally there one second and then just was not. So it's after an hour, making it around like nine or 10. We've stopped shitting bricks enough to go back outside stoke the fire. We figure it's just some assholes trying to fuck with us so we don't go back home because we think if we do, they'll just like chase us through the woods or something like that. Nothing else weird happens that night.
1: Or just eat all of their trailer food.
0: Maybe. So the night's pretty calm. We stay another night and for the main part of that night, nothing happens. At about one in the morning, we're outside, we're getting drunk, we're telling ghost stories. I don't remember what about, but then there's that smell. It is so strong. One of the girls starts to vomit. I stand up, I can actually feel how clammy the air is. I say we should get inside, and that this isn't right, we should have just fucking left. So we all go back inside and we're standing around. My cousin just keeps going on about how it's the goat man, it's the goat man. My cousin Rooster tries to shut him the fuck up, all the while I'm just feeling that something's wrong and I can't figure out what it is. We end up sitting in there for a while, the smell is just as strong and we're terrified, we're all huddled up in this camper and we end up cooking brats, for everybody because nobody wants to go outside right it's one of those packs that has like four brats we have a total of three packs so i grill them up on the stove and i give everybody a hot dog i get mine after a while one of my cousins gets up and goes over to the pot to get another one he starts grumbling about how i get two brats and everybody else only got one and i look at him like he's fucking stupid i tell him that everybody only got one because there were only 12 brats if he wants more he should open up a new pack and cook some more that's when the girl that had been out with rooster and tanner just starts screaming oh jesus oh lord get it out she's crying and she's shaking and then it dawns on the cousin that's standing up what the fuck is wrong me and him both glance around the room and then i feel my heart fucking sink i run the fuck out of the cabin the girl runs out with us the trailer door is banging against the side of the trailer as everybody books it out one of my cousin's friends asks what the fuck's wrong and i start counting us now there's only 11. I shit you not, my cousin verified. There had been 12 people in the cabin. But being that everybody didn't really know each other well, nobody had really noticed the whole fucking time that there was one extra person. No. Then mm-hmm. I realized earlier that I had kind of noticed something was off, you know. You know how when you're, you're just fucking around, you're having a good time, you don't really sweat the small stuff. You don't always keep track of certain things. I am dead sure that someone else had been inside the trailer with us and that they'd been there for at least a day eating with us. What makes it worse is I could figure out which one because I don't think anyone ever actually interacted with that one person, the person I started calling the goat man. This girl, the girl who freaked out kept praying, praying to Jesus and we're all just sitting outside. Eventually we get big ass sticks. We go back into the cabin, check it out. There's nobody in there. So we count again. There's definitely 11 people this time. So we go back in the trailer, we lock the door, We explain what the fuck happened to everybody, at least anybody who hadn't put it together yet, and the girl says that she realized it too. That when he was about to say something, the person sitting next to her grabbed her leg hard and leaned over toward her and said something she couldn't understand. We're all pretty much scared as shit. We huddle together, we fall asleep. When I wake up, the sun is just coming up and half of the people are asleep. The other half are are packing up. They're ready to leave. We all wanna walk back home, but like four people wanna stay until the sun is all the way up. And some people think that we're just being fucked with still. They want to stay at the trailers. They don't want to leave. I just want to get the fuck out of the woods. The girl's name was Kira, the one that the goat man had touched. Anyway, I ask her if she really thinks it was something bad. She says she just wants to go home. She doesn't want to be out in the woods for alone for another night. She doesn't want to think about it anymore. So we decide to split up. The four that want to go can go, but I have to stay because I have the keys to the cabin. It's my uncle's and I have to lock up. I'm actually pretty pissed at this point. I feel like people aren't really taking things seriously. I definitely didn't wanna be out in the woods for another night. I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people, which are now four girls and four guys, to leave. Tanner leaves with them to go get a rifle. He says he'll be back. So there are just seven of us left by 4 p.m. At around 5 5 p.m., Tanner's not back yet. We're all getting pretty antsy. The only reason I stopped begging them to go back was because Tanner went to get a gun. It's about 5.30 or so, when the one cousin that did stay says that the girl Kira is outside. So we all look outside and sure enough, she's standing by the fire pit with her back to the cabin. I'm thinking to myself, if she was so fucking scared, why the hell would she come back? She had left. And then I get this nasty feeling in my gut. Keep in mind the whole time, the coppery smell has been gone. And now I realize I can smell it. I say this to the rest of them and everybody, And these are the people that wanted to stay in the woods after we had the goat man in our midst. They're laughing at me. And they're asking if I set set this up. If I was responsible for getting her back here to scare them. I'm looking at them like, I'm not bullshitting you right now. I ask them, why the fuck would I play like that? So one of the girls goes outside to get Kira. She gets halfway to her and stops. Kira starts heaving. I don't really know if there's another way to describe it. Sort of like if someone had their back turned and they were laughing, but not really making any sound. It was this fact that made me realize there actually was no sound. Everything's quiet. It's dead silent. This was like later in September. So it was still pretty hot at that time, but it was super chilly some days too. You could usually hear like geese honking and some kind of birds and squirrels chit chatting. You don't hear anything now. So I step out the door and I tell her to just get back in the trailer right now. She backs up into the trailer, we lock the fucking door. We pull down all the shades except for one and we put a guy in a chair to watch Kira. She stands out there for another like 20 minutes. The guy turns to say that she's still there and then there's this bang on the door. We all jump, we scramble around the living room of the trailer, the banging is really loud, it just keeps going. So now my cousin's holding one of the girls and the other two are kind of giggling, like nervous laughter. Maybe this is still a prank to them, I don't know. Me and the other two guys, are shitting our pants, right? <laughs> then we hear Tanner. He's screaming, "Let me the fuck in! Stop fucking playing!" So we go over to the door and we open it, and he stumbles in with the rifle. There's nobody else outside. Ugh. Evidently, he'd walked up to the campsite. Nothing weird happened to him in the forest, but then he saw the girl. Mind you, he said it wasn't Kira who was standing there when he walked in. When he had gotten to the edge of the clearing, she'd turned toward it. She'd turned toward him with this slack jawed look. She just stared slowly tracking him as he walked across the clearing toward the camp he said it wasn't until he was almost halfway to the trailer that he realized she was getting closer to him she'd started off by the fire without him even seeing her move she'd been turning inching closer to him he said he just ran the rest of the way to the cabin thinking that it would be unlocked and when he got to the door it wasn't unlocked so he turned and she was half the distance to the door already no (laughs) so we then we let him in he looks around the room and then he gets pale.
1: Bitches in the room? He Bitches pulls, in the room?
0: He pulls me to the side. He whispers in my ear, you know there are only seven of us in here, right? I get that feeling where your stomach drops into your nuts.
1: Shouldn't he have been number nine?
0: Eight, I thought. Maybe seven. No, oh, I don't know. Maybe he decided he was going to stay the whole time.
1: Ugh, okay.
0: Anyway, I get that feeling where your stomach drops into your nuts.
1: Oh, fuck, I forgot you said there were eleven total and you said four left. Four four left, four girls four guys
0: and he was one of the now I don't know
1: no no you said that four left like before the sun was all the way up they fucking left that would leave seven
0: yeah so it had been back inside the trailer while we were sorting out who was going where and then when we all went outside to talk earlier in the day it had slipped back in we look out the window there isn't anybody out there anymore so we recount everyone and then basically I go over and I ask everyone how many people were here earlier And everybody says eight. I say, well, how many are here now? They all do the count. And then they realize there are now only seven people in the cabin. So Tanner had brought back a couple of boxes of ammo and his rifle. He told us his dad, he told his dad that there was some kind of animal in the forest because he didn't think his dad would believe him if he told him the whole goat man story. He says that his cousin is supposed to be coming down in a few hours and that in the morning we can all go back to his place. His cousin will drive us. I'm pretty terrified. But I at least feel better because we can be, you know, American and shoot the fuck out of whatever it is that comes back. Uh But then my cousin gets into this huge argument with one of the girls because she thinks that I'm trying to be funny and prank them still. I don't know how. And that's and that she's getting really scared. She shouts at me that I'm not funny. I should stop. He keeps telling her I'm not that kind of person. And she says, well, how do you know the girl wasn't just Tanner in a wig? Or if it's really the Goatman, how do we know that this is the real Tanner, and that the Goatman just didn't kill Tanner in the woods and take his gun? So we get into this huge argument, everybody, about this, where me and Tanner are like, we could seriously be in danger because at the very least someone has been sneaking themselves into our fucking trailer without us knowing, and mingling with us, and at worst, something bad is in the forest fucking with us. One of the girls starts to cry, she's saying she wants to go right now. She doesn't want to wait. We're trying to tell her we shouldn't because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. And I know she doesn't want to go alone. At this point, the sun is starting to go down.
2: Mm. It's
0: getting a little cloudy out. So we eat something. We turn on the radio for a while, but we can't really get a station out there with not with anything decent. So we turn it off at about the time Tanner's cousin shows up. He was like 19. I think at this point, the sun's just barely over the horizon. And uh, he has one of those heavy duty lantern flashlights and a second rifle. So he walks up to the trailer and we whisper to Tanner asking if he's sure that that's his cousin and he says yes. The guy looks behind him and all around the camp and then he walks in he kind of glances at all of us and he looks confused. He says where's your little buddy at? I figured she would meet us up at the cabin. Is she a little slow or something? He also asked whether we'd been cooking blood in the cabin because it smelled like blood and hot pans all the way up the trail. We're all like fucking nope but we ask him what the fuck he's talking about with the girl he saw he said he'd come down the same trail tanner had been using and that he'd come up on what he said how what he described as one of you's guys buddies standing in the middle of the trail looking at him slack-jawed he'd asked her a bunch of questions but all she did was just look at him and then he said she smiled at him and he just decided to keep walking she couldn't seem to keep up with him she kept lagging behind a little bit behind him he said he asked her if she was maybe hurt or something or if she needed any help but that she didn't answer, she just kind of continued to stare, slack-jawed. Eventually, he'd been walking and turned around a bend in the trail, and when he turned back around and went back to see if she was okay, because he'd lost her, the trail was empty. So he assumed she'd taken some kind of, like, shortcut through the woods to our trailer. We tell him the whole story of what's been going on. I half expected him to say we were full of shit, but he just listened. And then he sat down on the couches in the living room. Tanner's cousin get back, gets back to the girl. He says, when she'd been trying to lag behind him, it was kind of weird that it freaked him out. Like she was trying to position herself behind him. So he tried to keep her in front of him, the opposite. But no matter how slow he walked, she was always lagging behind. And that he smelled this nasty smell and it got stronger as he got to the camp. And eventually it got really strong. She'd said something really low that he didn't catch. And then he turned around and she was right the fuck on him, like right behind him. So he stepped back away from her. It was at this point, he asked her if she was okay. And if she wasn't, did she want him to carry her the rest of the way? She just kept staring. He said he kind of reached out for her it's led into like grab her shoulder, but he must've misjudged the distance because she was off to the side of where he put his hand, like, like she had moved while he was looking dead at her. So at this point, we know this shit's real he had no idea what had been going on. Hearing this story kind of verified it for us. So unless Tanner is playing some kind of joke, which we can tell he's not because he's almost pissing his pants, this is real. So they load up their rifles. We eat a little more. We just kind of sit around until like 11 to this fucking day every time I think about this, I authentically pray to God that this is just some huge prank that my cousins played on me and they've just all decided to keep the secret for the rest of my entire life at around 11. The stink of copper turns into an actual nasty, gross blood smell. Like cooking blood and, like, burned hair. Tanner and his cousin, Reese, they get up instantly. They grab the rifles. There's, like, a half-knocking, half-clawing at the door. Ugh. I shit you not, there's this voice. And it sounds like when you see those, like, cats and dogs on YouTube, their owners try to teach them how to talk. That's what mm. it said. That's what uh-huh. it sounded like. It says in this kind of, like halting weird tone let me in stop playing let me in stop fucking playing and it made my nuts creep up into my body and one of the girls just starts crying and praying out loud it was so obviously not a person talking it didn't have the right cadence and that's something i i never realized honestly until this moment but all people have like a kind of cadence when they talk Mm -hmm. no matter what language all people have a certain rhythm This didn't have any kind of cadence. One of those YouTube cats. That's what it sounded like outside the door. So I'm in full terror mode. We keep yelling outside. Who is it? Stop fucking around. Like, who is it? And it just says in or let me in for almost like 15 minutes. It sounded like, sorry, he shares a link, a YouTube cat. And he says it sounded like this almost, just not funny. Sorry, I don't mean to go on a tangent, but if you can't imagine how this sounded, then... You can imagine how fucked up this whole situation was. So then the smell goes away for a while, and for the next hour or so, you can hear someone like creeping around in the woods and shit. Every couple of minutes, it'll come back at the door and it'll say something. Finally, the smell fades away. It's around two in the morning now. Reese's Reese says, man, fuck this. He opens the door and he walks outside with his rifle. He just fires a shot in the air. He says something to the effect of, in the name of Jesus Christ, go away. (laughs) He fires two more times, and then from the woods, right up against the river across from the trailer, it sounds like that gibbering, like hooting. And then it starts screaming, and it sounds almost like a woman and a cat that are in a bag screaming all together. Like, I seriously have never heard anything like that before, and you can hear the brush over that, you can hear the brush over that way start shaking. So Reese fires out into the tree line, and then starts backing into the house. We lock the door, we can hear we can hear that thing outside just keening and screaming. Reese says something came out came out of the bushes just before he got in the door. Something super low to the ground, kinda of crawling. So he shot at it. And that's about how the rest of the night went. It was just screaming constantly. For a couple of hours, we could hear things moving in the tree line, but it never came back up to the cabin until everybody had finally fallen asleep. Tanner had been sitting in the chair watching the door with his rifle. He couldn't sleep and nobody else heard or saw this but he told me two days later after the whole thing was over he said he'd been nodding off after the screaming and noises had finally stopped and he'd almost been asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and then lay down in the middle of the floor next to everybody and go to sleep he just assumed it was one of us then he nodded off that maybe he nodded off and didn't see anyone get up and go to the bathroom then he said he kind of realized something was wrong so he pretended to be asleep and he counted us There were now nine people in the cabin. He didn't want to try to shoot at the fucking thing in the cabin and have it kill us all, right there, or have Reese wake up and start shooting, then we just all kill ourselves. So he stayed awake all night, pretending to be asleep, making sure it didn't do anything. He said sometimes it would stand up, just kind of like, do this weird jittering thing, and it would heave, again, like it was laughing, but there was no sound. Then it would just lay back down. You'll have to forgive me, the story closes pretty weak, because from my perspective, nothing happened. We woke up. I noticed Tanner was a little jittery, but that he was avoiding looking at us. So we ate breakfast. We packed up, started walking back to his house. He stayed last in the cabin. And he said he locked up and uh, brought me my uncle's keys. We just start walking. He said he'd catch up with us. We got a little bit up the trail when he came running up. Basically, we just jogged back to his house. His cousin took us home. There was a window in the bathroom. Tanner said he'd gone back to lock up. And he looked in there. We were too stupid to lock a screenless window. The window was open when he went in there. I'm guessing it had been doing that all along, slipping into the trailer that way, waiting for us to fall asleep and slipping in, just being among us. It walked with us all the way back to his house. And then he said it kind of lagged behind the group, looked him dead in the eyes, and then just walked back into the woods.
1: That's nasty. That's gross. I don't like that. Yeah, that's gross. I don't like that. And there wasn't even like a single alarm.
0: But you're pretty alarmed, aren't you?
1: That's gross. I don't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that skin crawler story.
0: That's alarming.
1: Goat man? Nope. Not a fan.
0: It creeped me out. That
1: was gross. And I was like, that.
0: yeah, I want to I wanna share that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Jess. Fuck you. You're Literally. welcome. You're wow. welcome. You're the worst. the Fucking worst. Thank you. You better find some like creepy music to play for that.
0: I'll see what I can do. Hopefully it came out good. You guys let us know. That's gross. Yeah.
1: That was gross. Yeah. I have to pee. Okay. And I'm going to make sure that your bathroom window is closed. (laughs) Don't worry. It'll be closed and locked. All righty. Don't try it. Goat man. (laughs) Be safe. Why'd you have to say that?
0: I just want you to be safe. What's wrong with that?
1: It's fine. It's fine. I'll be right back. Okay. Jessica, no. What? You don't say that when there's, you're going to be murdered. If you say I'll be right back, then you're definitely not going to be. But that's what you said. I'm going to die. You did this.
0: I didn't kill you.
1: It's break time. i have to pee and I'm going to die. Bye.
0: Bye. Alarms.
1: Oh, alarms like, like fire alarms.
0: Useful things. Yeah. Car alarms. Keep your car from getting stolen.
1: Um, like, like home security alarms.
0: Mm, important. Mm. Important for safety reasons. Sometimes.
1: If, if you see, if you're looking at like, you know, a bird that is alarm and it's just one of them, then it would be a alarm.
0: A flock of them would be a flock of alarms.
1: Flock alarms.
0: There's also alarm clocks.
1: Mm. I don't like alarm clocks.
0: You don't? Why? I
1: hate alarm clocks.
0: Why? Oh, because okay.
1: Because they're loud, and they wake me up in the morning, and I want to punch them. I get it. Yeah. You know who I don't hate or want to punch and who definitely doesn't wake me up in the morning? Who? Our sponsors. <laughs> we would like to thank Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft and Wizardry. Tilted Tinker is a company that makes woodcraft products. They make plaques. With all sorts of of hilarious sayings.
0: Lots of sarcasm and underhanded insults. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories.
1: That's right. And everything is assembled by hand. All here in the United States.
0: Made in the USA. And it is family owned. They are close friends of ours. That's the most I'll say. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. But they are fantastic, and we do love their products. We own many of them. I have personally purchased several items. Oh,
1: yeah. When I get drunk, I buy a lot of their shit.
0: It's pretty great. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. You can reach out to them at info at They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias.
1: Nice. You should go, and you should buy something, listener, from their website, because they're awesome, mm-hmm. and they love us just like we love you.
0: Jacob, we also have some discount codes from Tilted Tinker.
1: We do. They were so amazing and kind to provide exclusive three shots in promo codes for their website, which give 15% off your entire purchase.
0: Wow. That's a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. And they provided two promo codes.
0: You can make your purchase using the discount code Horsica H-O-R-S-E-I-C-A. That's HORSE, I-C-A.
1: Or you can use... Jacob Maguire. (laughs) Jacob is spelled J-A-C-O-B, Maguire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Wow. If you support Jessica more than you support me, use code HORSICA. If you like me more than you like that bitch, go ahead and use Jacob Maguire.
0: So do you remember when Hanzo visited?
1: Yeah, when he was on the show and he got punched by a microphone.
0: Well, I mean, you mean when he nearly broke our important and expensive recording equipment with his face? He
1: tried to rip it off the table and headbutt all of our equipment in his face.
0: Right. Yeah. That time.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: So he'd been staying at the the hotel that's down the street. Yeah. And uh, I'd let him know you can come down to the house like around this time and stuff. And I think I mentioned something about like he can park his car in the driveway behind ours or something. We're not going anywhere. It's fine. And he made this comment like, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I don't know. Like, we're, I'm right down the street. Why wouldn't I just walk? And I was like, okay.
2: Because
1: it was hot.
0: Whatever you want to do.
1: Very humid <laughs> here in East Texas. It
0: was, it was very warm, very sticky outside. But he seemed very confident that everything would be mm-hmm. fine and that he could do it.
1: So I've driven because you have to turn from like that big street onto your street. Yeah. And you have to kind of go like uphill past that hotel.
0: Yeah, it's uphill. Like,
1: like very much so uphill.
0: It's an uphill walk. Yeah. From the hotel to my house.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that that would be in itself like draining. But then you add that it was probably like 95, 98 degrees and like 90% humidity at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds pretty grueling.
0: Yeah, he was very resentful. He <laughs> <laughs> he got to the house and was like like heaving and struggling to breathe and like drug himself through the front door. And I had like 911 on standby and like.
1: If I recall, he had like a full case of beer in his backpack. He
0: had a full backpack, yeah. And he had hiked up the hill <laughs> <laughs> all the way to the house. And he was very displeased.
2: Yeah,
1: I, and I, I bet.
0: Uh, I remember that very vividly I'll treasure that memory forever and as soon as it happened I changed his name on my contacts Uh to this
1: he'll climb (laughs) (laughs) McWeezens yes Uh, I think it's fitting he's a McWeezer
0: mhm he'll climb McWeezens mhm Jacob, are you in the know?
1: I mean, I'm in the know, but I'm also in the No republic. That's right. We are sponsored by the No republic. They are a clothing brand who gives 20% of all proceeds to mental health awareness and suicide prevention in specifically high schools and colleges all around the United States.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Their clothing is unique and everything is done in house. I heard that they ventured with a third party and that third party didn't work out. So now that's right. Everything is crafted by hand shipped with love and care yeah they're an awesome company they always give back and you can go on their website the no republic again that's with a k thenorepublic.com
0: great customer service too i reached out to them with a problem and they got back to me right away
1: oh wow that's amazing Mm -hmm. normally people take like you know like within 24 hours but how soon did they get back
0: four hours whoa
2: up in a new
1: three shots in patron exclusive
0: tanis was a simple country girl looking for an escape from boring farm life big al was everything she was looking for a sexy bad boy carnosaur from the wrong side of the food chain would their torrid romance tear their families apart wet hot allosaurus summer by lola faust
1: to become a patron, go to threeshotsin.com and click the monthly subscription link. This is intended only for mature audiences. Three Shots in is not responsible for any soaked pants, green jeans, or stained seats. Listener discretion is advised.
0: So I'm on Telegram. I don't know what that is. It's an app called Telegram. Oh. It's where Sound, you... Sounds like, really in. You can send messages to people. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and I... Was a fool and attached it to my cell number.
1: Oh, that that was foolish.
0: It was foolish because it started like suggesting me to my contacts I had on my phone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that was not did that was not good for me.
1: Was it because Hillclimb McWeezens was in one of those groups?
0: Well, yes, he is. It was also because of my username.
1: Um, what was your username on Telegram?
0: Cuntenstein. <laughs> <laughs> He Yeah.
1: You're retarded. So
0: I started blocking people <laughs> so that they can't see my profile.
1: Oh, like family?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Aunt Tammy may have seen that I'm called Cuntonstein. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Whoops. You mean like the super like missionary Aunt Tammy? That one, yeah. Oh, she might have seen Cuntenstein. She might
0: have seen Cuntenstein. I've your also, face. I've got some clients on my my contact list as well.
1: <gasps> oh shit! Yeah, that's so. Not good.
0: I, I none of them were on Telegram. I just, you know, God forbid they ended up on Telegram.
1: They would see your. They would
0: see. So I just blocked a bunch of people. Wow. Now they'll never know.
1: I have to one up you somehow, and I will.
0: With your username, I
1: will join Telegram with a very unique username, message you, and then never open the app again. (laughs) Okay. Good break, good break.
0: Very good, yes.
1: Well now, Jessica, I believe it's your turn to spin the wheel,
0: is it not? Sure. Can you reach it? I think so. Nice. Thank you.
1: Uh here we go. This week I learned
0: Oh, that's the wheel spin.
1: That's that's the wheel this week I learned followed with an ellipses.
0: Okay. Uh well I learned that oceans supply more oxygen than the forests on our planet.
1: How does that make sense?
0: It doesn't make any sense to me, but I learned it this week. From who? I learned it from that same like remember I told you I searched an article that led me to talking about the uncanny X-Men <laughs> yeah it was that first article I read okay it started with the sharks and it led to talking about oh yeah well,
1: the, the 10 weird facts that you never heard of or whatever
0: yeah it was the uncanny valley yeah later on it talked about how oceans produce more oxygen but people are always talking about protecting trees
1: we should protect, be protecting the ocean
0: yeah that's what the thing said also, I learned that the world uh, spends more money on Viagra and Botox than the study of Alzheimer's disease.
1: I mean, that adds up, right? Like, they already they already forgot. Like,
0: Just give them, am, give them a boner and let them have a good time. Yeah, what, what, are, what are we going to do, you know? <laughs> right.
1: If you have Alzheimer's and you're listening to this podcast right now, then you're going to listen to it again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Um, for me, it was also based on the research. Okay. Because we're talking about alarms. Mm-hmm. and I wanted to look up, like, home security alarms that failed,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And I thought it was going to be, like, a pretty t- tough find. It was not. They fail all the time, mm-hmm. and, like, the alarms go off, like, sp- like specifically. Um, the big one, like, ADT, right? Like, oh, my home is protected with ADT. They right. give you a little thing you put in your lawn, yeah. right? Put little stickers on your window and shit. Uh-huh. So there are currently, like, a fuck ton of lawsuits against them, because of people doing like home invasions and busting into a house that's supposed to be like super secured and it's not because no alarm goes off, people end up getting murdered and the families are suing companies like ADT because of like dude, not only did an alarm not go off so like the neighbors didn't hear anything, but also it never triggered a call to the police.
0: So literally the whole you purpose. have nothing to offer.
1: Yeah, the whole purpose of your business Failed.
0: All I got was that your logo was on my lawn and my windows. Yes. That was the most uh-huh. they did.
1: That was all it did. Wow. And it didn't stop anyone anyway. They still invaded that home and murdered someone. That's crazy. There are a lot of open lawsuits. Like it was ridiculous, which is a great segment into my story. Oh, okay. So while uh, looking into these uh, home security alarms that didn't work, I found one story and it was. Like, a small article, but it was very juicy. Okay. And I was like, I'm sure there's more to this. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, was I right. Oh my. I had so much information, I had to trim a lot of it away.
0: I saw how many pages you printed out and brought in.
1: Yeah, but it's about two and a half pages. Mm-hmm. Single spaced.
0: <laughs> whoa.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, whoa. For all the haters who say that I start every sentence with so, mm-hmm. this is for you. So. Ted Amon was an American <laughs> financer and investment broker, big money guy, Mm-hmm. born in Pittsburgh back in 1949. Okay. Okay. So he's about our grandparents' age right now, or I guess we only got like one of them. So same age. Anyway, he graduated from Bucknell University and he immediately entered the Bank of America's, I guess they have like an executive training program or whatever. Basically like they're training you to be a CEO one day or whatever. Sure. Um, his first wife, first, was Randy Day, and she was also a member of this program. That's where they met.
0: I have never. I don't think I've ever heard of a woman named Randy.
1: I know a girl named Randy. Okay. Yeah. Um, they got married in 1973, and they moved to England. I guess there was some sort of job opportunity there. They moved there. Mm-hmm. Um, while he was there, he decided that he was interest more interested in law, so they ended up moving back to the United States, and he passed... On his first attempt the New York bar okay without ever taking any law school classes he just did it himself wow so that's
0: really impressive
1: very knowledgeable man mm-hmm. taught himself everything um, after moving back to the US and passing the bar he began working at you know I could name them but I'm not going to some big law firm or sure. whatever yeah um and as the years would go on he would work for many more large law firms um, he was kind of just like chasing the money yeah you know nothing wrong with that. Um, he became famous kind of in that like law community mm-hmm. um, when he he was like the, the main lawyer for like a, a $31 billion deal between like two very, very large corporations and shit. Mm-hmm. And that led to him becoming a multimillionaire. So he's very successful.
0: Doing very well for himself.
1: Uh, in 92, he decided he's no longer working with anyone else and he's gonna start his own shit. So he starts his own company called the Big Flower Press. Uh, it, it's a law firm essentially that a does, that does mainly like printing of like advertisements. Okay. For that they would put in like newspapers and shit. Mm-hmm. So his legal part kind of helped with that. It wasn't necessarily a law firm, I guess, but there was a lot of legal shit involved and that's why he was there. Sure. Um later they had changed their name because you know Big Flower wasn't really the greatest name. They changed <laughs> it to uh Vertis Holdings. Oh. So it sounds a little more fancy.
0: I preferred big flower. But big, that's fa- fine. big
1: flower uh, press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, eventually, they he had like acquired like thirty other companies, and oh, wow, just he was just doing a lot of buying and selling. Um, eventually, getting into many more like advertising projects, like uh, specifically with um, like screens. So, like I'm sure he paid for a lot of advertisements to be up in like fucking Times Square and shit. Sure. Um then after selling the company he left and was just doing like venture capitalism. So buying and selling of socks, stocks and whatnot. Um he used basically every single time he got a paycheck, he was just investing it. Like almost everything. Wow. So he had a lot of fucking money to gamble with and mm-hmm. he gambled very, very well. Um became very, very, very wealthy. And at age fifty-two That's when he started his own private equity firm Mm -hmm. called the Chancery Lane Capital. Um, He was also the chairman of the of jazz, the chairman of jazz at Lincoln Center. So I don't know what that means, but, you know, that sounds pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And soon after, he was found bludgeoned to death in his master bedroom of his East Hampton mansion.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. Why?
1: He was bludgeoned to death. Yeah. Uh, fun fact it was actually October 22nd 2001
0: oh wow that's my birthday again your 10th birthday yeah
1: that he was bludgeoned to death Mm -hmm. so fun fact yeah (laughs) yeah I didn't really see that one coming right he's so successful and everything and then just bludgeoned to death right
0: uh, well you didn't like lead up to it or anything like he made enemies along the way and coveted his riches and blah blah blah
1: I'm leading you up like the investigators path right this is all the knowledge they had okay okay and then boom he's dead right this is weird now luckily he did have a home security system
0: oh but this is one this is a home security failure this is a
1: home security alarm failure that's correct so he had owned what they considered in 2001 to be like the most sophisticated home alarm system yeah Uh, they called it rapid eye system It had motion detectors. It had cameras that were the size of like little pinheads, like all over the
0: house. I mean, I say, ooh, because that sounds cool. I guess it didn't work out for him, but.
1: Yeah, no, it didn't work out for him. Now he had all these cameras like throughout his entire, uh, like vacation mansion in the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. And the police obviously went to look there first. And that's when they discovered that not only had the system been unplugged, but that the computer hard drive was missing. Huh. Yes. So the hard drive would never, ever, ever be located. It's gone. Okay. Meaning whatever was recorded is gone and the system was unplugged. Therefore it was offline.
0: So someone had like tampered with it.
1: That would be uh, the assumption. It
0: wasn't that it failed. Yeah. And if they took the hard drive, then it did record what happened. Yes. What must have happened?
1: Or it recorded everything prior to it being unplugged, at least. Sure. So, um, at this time, Eamon was worth between 80 and 100 million dollars. Wow. From his cash assets and liquidations, or whatever the fuck you want to call Mm this. So, thousands of people attended his funeral. Um, They had a big old memorial service in Manhattan. Uh, He was very, very much into jazz. That's why he was the, you know chairman of jazz at the Lincoln Center. Okay. And so they did like a New Orleans style jazz, uh, like jazz send off. So like they did like a marching
0: nice like paying
1: okay. for him and all this stuff. Ton of people showed up, ton of famous like politicians and shit. I'm sure he was friends. He had money, whatever. Um. Now his two children with his second wife, he did divorce his first wife. He married his second wife and they had adopted to a, a, tw- a set of twins from Ukraine. Okay. Um. Those two children, obviously, were there at their father's funeral. Of course. uh, But they were there without their mother. Oh. Generosa, Eamon, which would be his second wife, and the adopted mother of his two adopted children, Yeah. did not attend the funeral. Odd. Very odd.
0: Did she take out a life insurance policy on him?
1: She did not. But at the time that Eamon was killed, it was actually about three days before him, his, and Generosa's divorce would be finalized.
0: Oh. Yes. This plot is thickening.
1: Oh, yeah. Gets juicier and juicier. This is the exact tracks that the fucking police were following. Right. right. This looks very bad for Generosa. Mm-hmm. So because their divorce was not finalized and the amendments to the will that he had made were not officially signed and submitted, yeah, his old will was the one that was used. And that will left... of the money, 50% of all of his estates to Generosa and his two children. And the kids. The other 50% went to um, his charitable foundation. Okay. But still, they got about 40 to $50 million. Yeah. In money and assets and whatnot. Um, Now, remember he died in October of 2000.
0: October 22nd of 2001.
1: 2001. And on January 15th of 2002, very soon after. Mm Mm-hmm. Generosa was married to Daniel Pelosi. Oh? And as soon as she was married, she had sold all of the jointly owned properties that she had with Eamon. Hmm. Yes.
0: This seems even more suspect.
1: It does, especially when you look at the official documents that she was officially declared divorced from him uh, about two days prior to her marrying Daniel Pelosi. I guess if someone's dead, you still have to get divorced or something. I don't really know how that works.
0: I'm not, I mean, I guess I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. I don't really know. Maybe New York's fucking weird. Anyway, back to how Pelosi met Generosa. So, Pelosi was an electrician mm-hmm. who worked in the Hamptons. Okay. Generosa had hired him to do some electrical work in her mansion, hers and Ted Amon's.
0: Oh, she had him take a look at her-
1: Her wiring.
0: Her electrical box.
1: Oh, he was knee deep in that box. <laughs> yes. Um, so Generosa had hired him to make like renovations on their house or whatever. Um, very soon after, though, they began having an affair. Now, Pelosi was also married. Oh, with three children. Oh, but he would constantly stay in the East Hampton estate with Generosa and her two adopted children. Okay. He even went as far as he would apparently drive around the Hamptons in Amon's Porsche. Uh, Um, Like it was his.
0: This was before he died?
1: Oh, yeah. Amin is still alive at this point. This is what police are investigating. They're discovering all this stuff.
0: That is very odd.
1: Yes, very odd. So, since Pelosi was an electrician, obviously, um, Generosa had hired him to install security alarms (gasps) in the home.
0: Oh, no.
1: So... Obviously, it kind of seems like he would have easy access to the security alarms yes. and the systems and all of that.
0: It would seem that way.
1: Now, he didn't know how to do it. So he hired a third party. John Kundal was the owner of Safeguard Alarm Company. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was hired by Pelosi in early 2001 to go in and install this very bougie uh, security alarm system in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he said, Cundall, the owner of the security company, said that Although it was technically Ted Amon's house, not only had he never met Ted Amon, he never spoke to Ted Amon. Every time he would go to the house to deal with installing this system, he would deal with Pelosi. And when he was to make his invoices, he would bill them to Generosa. Okay. So weird.
0: Yeah. Pretty odd. I mean, not billing to Generosa, I don't know. That doesn't seem strange to me. It would seem strange... That someone doing something so important in your house would be someone you've never met before. Right. But I don't know. Maybe that's not a big deal to some other people.
1: Well, we're going to flash forward. Eamon is now dead. Okay. Okay. So sad. Got bludgeoned in his East Hampton estate. Right. So while police were investigating his murder, right, they were still figuring things out. They don't know what we know right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Pelosi was actually arrested. Apparently he was aboard a tour boat, and he got really hammered. Oh. And the bartender refused to serve him more alcohol, so he punched him in the face. Hmm. Yes. He was so he was charged with assault and then also charged with stealing forty-three thousand dollars of electricity from the Long Island Power Authority. What? Yeah, so apparently him and his like now ex-wife and like past girlfriends yeah. apparently were like on this big con about Never paying for electricity for, like, years.
0: Like, it, you fuck me so you don't have to pay for the electricity?
1: No, no, no. Like, he never had an electricity bill. I don't know how he did it, but he essentially stole electricity.
0: Evil genius. Like,
1: maybe he would, like, run his meter back every single time somehow, so it never looked like he actually yeah, used electricity. I sure. don't know how it works, but he stole about $43,000 worth of power what? from Long Island, and they were not chill with that. So they I they charged him with it. You're right. Um now, unfortunately, Pelosi and Generosa, their relationship, it didn't last too long. Oh no,
0: it was on the rocks.
1: Yeah. After about a a year of being together, Mm. they split up. Well... And very soon after that, Generosa died of breast cancer. Okay. No, this is legitimate.
0: That's sad.
1: Like, he didn't murder her with breast cancer. No, I I wouldn't
0: imagine he would, but at the same time, the timing is also odd.
1: Yes. Now... What Pelosi was unaware of mm-hmm. is that Generosa had actually rewritten her will while they were apart. Okay. And he was out of it completely. Everything went to the twins. Her children. Her children. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Pelosi obviously challenged this and apparently had a post-nuptial agreement or something. And the estate had to pay him $2 million. So he still got a small little payout. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Um, and then... Very soon after that, in the beginning of, like, 2004, Pelosi was finally arrested for the murder of Ted Amon. Yes, they finally were, like, piecing shit together. Mm -hmm. Now, prosecutors had theorized that Pelosi had killed Amon to ensure his, like, new lifestyle about spending all this money and having all this money. Yeah. Um, Pelosi's former girlfriend had actually testified against him in court, saying that apparently Pelosi had told her that he enjoyed killing Amon. Oh. And that... I don't know. His father testified against him, saying that Pelosi had asked him how he would get rid of incriminating evidence.
0: His father testified against him? His father against
1: testified him? against him. Damn. Yes. So he was convicted. Right. Later that year. <laughs> <laughs> but to this day, because he is still alive, to this day, he maintains his innocence. Okay. Says he didn't do anything. He did, in fact, plead guilty to witness tampering in his murder trial. Uh huh. Um, but apparently, that was to drop criminal charges against his first wife and his fiance. Apparently, they had they had accused him of being the one that was in that was responsible for stealing the four to three thousand dollars in electricity. And then his other, girlfriend. I guess, girlfriend, uh, Jennifer, said that he was or she was accused of being an accomplice in the murder. Apparently, he took a deal to kind of like get rid of them. Yeah. So maybe he took them for the team. I don't really know. Um. So. But since she now, Jennifer, now didn't have charges against her, Mm -hmm. apparently that means that she is now legally able to marry Pelosi. What? That was his like, his first wife before her It was his ex-girlfriend or something. Now they're getting back together, even though he was convicted. Okay. So, because he was convicted in uh, December of 2004. In August of 2004, they were married.
0: Congratulations. Yes.
1: And and Jennifer gave birth to Pelosi's son.
0: Okay. Yes. Very sweet.
1: So obviously he was still convicted and mm-hmm. was given 25 to life.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Big crime. Um, but as of August 2022, which is recent, mm-hmm. like literally last month, Pelosi is still in prison at the Auburn Correctional Facility.
0: August 2022? Yeah. That's this month.
1: Oh my God. That is this. That is how current I am. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, he'll be eligible for parole in October of 2031 at the the young age of 67.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Um, wow. Now, just to make you feel a little worse about everything else. Okay. I'm going to talk about how such a great man Ted Amon was. Oh because he genuinely was. He was a big, hot shot money man on Wall Street who always gave back. So he was worth about 100 million. He created many scholarship funds to pay for kids to go to school. Um, he was very, very giving when it came to helping like mentally challenged and giving them like grants to go to school and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he served on many boards, including the Art Society and the YMCA. Uh, obviously, he was the chairman of jazz, and he worked closely with some other people that were also very like generous people. Mm-hmm. So that was just his life. Um, now, after his death, his two children, Greg and Alexa, the twins the from Ukrainian Ukraine, Ukrainian twins, on October twenty second, two
0: thousand and twelve. Oh, the anniversary. They of had his donated
1: dad. one million dollars from the Amon Foundation to the the jazz whatever at the Lincoln Center. Yeah. Um, obviously in his name and all of this stuff, uh, they talk about their father, they go on this whole speech about their father and how he was such a generous giving person and they, they love him to this day. Um, on November 15th, 2012, so right after, the Link- jazz at Lincoln Center place, they did like a ribbon cutting ceremony they named something called the Eamon Archives, Aww. the music library, all the shit. So very nice man. Literally in his will gave half of his money to charity. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Um, now this will be the very last thing that I say because this was so interesting. I couldn't not say it. Okay. This is what I like to call the ending fun fact. Mm-hmm. So Ted Eamon, his maternal grandmother, Neva Morris mm-hmm. of Ames, Iowa. Mm hmm died at age 114, and to this day is the oldest person in the United States when she died. She was the oldest person. The
0: person to live the longest.
1: She lived the longest in the United States. In the United States. Yeah. That was his grandma. She lived longer than him.
0: That is interesting. Well, maybe he would have lived that long.
1: Maybe. She was born in 1895, died in 2010. My God. 1895. That's crazy. That is nuts. So there we go, everybody. Don't trust your home security systems. Not only are they going to fail, but someone's just going to unplug the bitch.
0: Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, let your husband or wife sleep with your electrician because they're going to kill you for your money.
1: Don't do that. Look, if your poor ass can barely afford some home security system, you're fucked because fucking Eamon was rich as shit, bought the most luxurious one, he still got He still got put under. You know what I mean? But it
0: would have worked though if his wife hadn't been a Kuntenstein oh. and slept with the electrician who, you know, sucked.
1: Yeah. So I think moral of the whole story here is, uh, is don't trust those electricians, man. Don't let them in your house. You can, you can figure out that wiring all by yourself. Go I, on YouTube. I don't, no,
0: I don't think that's smart.
1: YouTube how to do it. No. And you can wire your whole house by I, yourself. No, I,
0: I just don't think you should though. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Let the pros do that. Not all electricians are evil and out to get your money. They do want to be paid for their services, I'm sure.
1: Well, paid how? With married punani?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And your blood? (laughs) 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 It kind of, you know what that whole situation made me think of was um, altered carbon. How the husband died. Uh It just didn't matter because he had a thousand clones. Yeah. Yeah. Because the wife, like, covered everything up and... I mean, I won't go further than that. I already spoiled a lot. Sorry.
1: Anyone who hasn't watched it is not going to watch it now. It was the sun. It was your fault. I killed him. You ruined everything. <laughs> All right. Well, that was it. Those are our alarming stories about home alarms.
0: Yes. Well, yours were about home alarms.
1: Alarming stories containing alarms.
0: Mine was just very alarming. I was alarmed. I knew you were. I, was I thought you were. That was,
1: that was gross. I hated that.
0: I know for a fact- you avoided the window when you went to go pee
1: i checked it i went whoosh. i put my I felt, <laughs> slid my two fingers in through one of those blinds I went, uh-huh. whoosh, lifted them up make sure like it that. was locked i looked at it saw that it was closed and then i stuck my hand out put it back in at the center of the window went whoosh. did look take a look again saw that it was locked cool and then i pulled my pants down and i peed <laughs> <laughs> cool yep.
0: had okay. to well go ahead and spin the wheel one last time
1: i will What is it? Parkinson's?
0: Um, That's the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole thing? The
1: word Parkinson's with a question mark.
0: Uh, um, No. No,
1: thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did it say who sent it or was it like an anonymous? No, this was
1: someone who didn't say their name in the email. It just says Parkinson's question mark.
0: Okay. well, just so you know, some of you, some of you will have names in like your emails and stuff. We won't. We will not reveal what that is. If you don't put your name in the email, no, you got
1: to sign it. Yeah, something. we're not
0: we're not going to say it like
1: this wasn't an afterthought. There's a question mark
0: like it ended. It, it's
1: it was complete.
0: Is the P in Parkinson's capitalized? It is <laughs> Parkinson's
1: Parkinson's. I'm I, good. My answer I don't need is
3: it. no.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I think I think um, no pass.
0: I will pass on Parkinson's. No Parkinson's
1: for me. <laughs> you know what? No Parkinson's for you, listener. No Parkinson's for anyone. Let's just get rid of it. Sure.
0: Sure. We can agree on that. Nice.
1: Although that guy from fucking Back to the Future, mm-hmm. he's got the Parkinson's. Michael
0: J. Fox. Michael
1: J. Fox. Yeah. Yeah, he does. You see him? Yeah. Just twitching around on stage. Mm-hmm. It sucks.
0: Yeah, poor guy.
1: I know. He doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> I don't care.
0: I, I'm not i am not implying anything. I'm saying that Parkinson's you know what? is bad, Jessica. I say I wish no Parkinson's on him as well.
1: But then no one would know what Parkinson's is.
0: They probably would.
1: I would have no idea.
0: Yeah, but you're dumb. That's
1: rude. Okay. So, I think we both agree, right? No. Parkinsons? No thanks. No. <laughs> That's it.
0: <laughs> well, no more. all right. We've reached the end of episode 32, Alarms.
1: That's right. If you liked what you heard, please like, rate, subscribe and share this podcast.
0: With anyone who is a fan of the comedy genre and interesting facts, please send any corrections you may have to fanmail at 3shotsn.com as well as any hate mail you may have any criticisms mm-hmm. true or fictional in nature whatever you may wish to send us and uh, if it's super funny we'll read it in and if it's correcting something we got wrong we will absolutely read that in as well
1: and if it's super like mean we'll probably read that in too definitely so no, get, we'll for get sure crafty do that. with your words I love a good adjective oh yeah mm-hmm. break uh, out
0: your thesaurus
1: oh thesauruses mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite words you don't get to use it often. Thesaurus, you know? Is it a dinosaur? I don't know.
0: I It's not. <laughs> I use it pretty often. Yeah, but you're a nerd. It's my job.
1: <laughs> well, if you're not a nerd and you're listening to this podcast, you should definitely go to threeshotsin.com. You have to spell the word three out. Don't be lazy. Threeshotsin.com, where you can find links to not only our Patreon, which is awesome, but you can also find links to our PayPal. You can send one-time donations, put in a little message. We'll read it. I might even get a tattoo on me. I don't know, right? If it's maybe. crafty enough, maybe I will.
0: Uh, there's also links to all our social media. If you could, please join us on Instagram. We go live on Fridays at five most weeks. Uh, we go live at least once a week, regardless. Please join us. We would love to have you.
1: Once again, we would love to thank our patrons. You guys are awesome. And just for you patrons, we have not one, but two. Secret podcasts in the works. Oh, yes. That's right. Not only do we have the super ultra secret, nobody knows about it, three shot cinema, but coming soon will be Three Shots In Presents. The very first Three Shots In Presents. Mm-hmm. We will be presenting a very special novel
0: Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer by Lola Faust.
1: I feel like you should read it like Kevin from The Office.
0: I don't know that I can. I'll try. Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer by Lola Faust.
1: That was good. We're going to use that. <laughs> We're going to save that sound bite.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: Because you sound terrible. It <laughs> is the worst Kevin i heard. You ever. could
0: not have done a better job. Maybe I couldn't. I know for a fact you could. Maybe couldn't.
1: I couldn't. But you know what I could do?
0: Real quick. We reward our patrons. All of you. All of you patrons out there and the rest who may hear this. Our first installment of Three Shots In Presents can thank TJ for recommending this.
2: Oh, that's
1: true. It
0: has inspired this entire, probably what will become a series Mm -hmm. of things. Please send your recommendations because we're going to, we're going to follow through. We're going to add them in. Yep. And, uh, dad really wanted me to mention that the story from last episode about the couple like sinking and stuff, he recommended it. What? Yeah. He told me I should do that story. And so I did. I found it and I talked about it.
1: Oh shit. Tied to the anchor couple sinking. Uh That's gross. The Hawks. That's nasty.
0: Yeah, he, he had heard about it, and he told me I should look it up, and I did. But he also was like, did you give me credit? And I didn't. So <laughs> so I'm doing that now. Thank you so much, Dad.
1: Lame. Thanks, Dad. Next week, we will be talking about caves.
0: Ooh, I hate them. No.
1: Ooh, like I hate them. underground him. caves, underwater, underwater caves. Water
0: caves.
1: Big old loose caves.
0: You gestured toward your your crotch there. Are yeah, you talking I made, about loose vaginas.
1: Yeah, I made like hand motions, like you got your loops. Just, are those or, the labes? Your, yeah, yeah, your <laughs> the labes, flapping labes, just, just dangling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the roast beef curtains.
1: Yeah, you just got your you got your corn on the cob just hidden right up in there.
0: Ew! Why right? that? Why is that in there? Because
1: they're really big.
0: So are a lot of things. Why did you go to corn on the cob? Because we're in East
1: Texas. We're about to have our harvest festivals. I guess a lot of corn going into vaginas right now. I'm assuming more now than I'm, like literally any time I of the year, right? I ass- wouldn't
0: I really don't think
1: that's The next that's, like, like true. 4 months is going to be nothing but corn up vaginas.
0: I disagree.
1: Oh, and the occasional penis. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Probably that more <laughs> than anything, but whatever. Well, uh, let's let's go ahead and call it. Okay, let's call it. Thank you for listening everybody.
1: Goodbye. Bye balls
0: good keep going
1: vaginas
0: all right not bad
1: (laughs) not bad (laughs) shut the fuck up how long did it take you to think of fucking guntenstein nothing fuck you